Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, Happy Easter. That's right. It's a good day, good time to be here. And so, man, we are super, super excited. Had a great first service and such a great day yesterday at our egg hunt. Uh, And so many lives touched and, man, so powerful. And so we're glad many of you guys were able to be a part of that and also be with us today. Again, I'm Brad Livingston. I'm the lead pastor here at TC. And I want to say thank you for being with us today. Um, It is a tremendous honor. And we're going to jump straight into what we've got for you today. And uh, today, we're obviously going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. We're obviously going to talk about Easter um, and what it means to us. But I want to take a, a slant on this idea of say something. And how many of you guys have ever seen maybe a TV show or a movie? And as you were watching it, you, it was so awkwardly uncomfortable. You were like, well, someone please just say something. Right. For example, uh, just the other day, I was watching this movie uh, that I've only seen once. And when I watched it again the other day, I remember why I only watched it one time. This movie called Anger Management. Anybody ever seen that before? Listen, I needed anger management when I was done watching that movie. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So if you haven't seen the movie, what happens is there's a guy and, and uh, spoiler alert, uh, it's like a prank that's being played on him for like months. Right. And so in the movie, uh, they're playing this prank on him. And, and as they do it, it's, uh, it's interesting because he's not angry. Like he's legitimately not angry at all. And so, uh, but they keep making him come across as angry. So the more they tell him he's angry, the more things start to happen that make him look angry, even though he's not. Right. Has anyone, anybody married in this house or been in a relationship where people tell you that you have an attitude, but you don't have an attitude? It's like, keep telling me I got an attitude and you're going to see an attitude. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and so uh, that was kind of what was happening. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, like, I'm just like, would somebody say something? Because this is painful to watch. Like, I was getting angry, right? I did need anger management after I was done with that. But anyway, so all that to say, right? Is this idea of say something. Now, when we kind of shift that a little bit into this context with Jesus, we're going to look at this idea of say something. And we want to give you the kind of the last week of Jesus' life, just kind of the four big things that happen on this journey. And so Jesus, having done nothing, right? See, all Jesus ever did on this earth was tell people who he was and why he was here. And that upset some people. It upset the religious crowd. And so the religious crowd uh, in Matthew 27, matter of fact, it's Matthew 27, Jesus is delivered to Pilate to be judged by Pilate, right? So this happens in Matthew 27, and then Pilate judges him. And then what happens is uh, he ends up getting sentenced to death, right? Which takes us to Luke 23, where Jesus is crucified. And so Jesus is crucified on the cross, Right? In Luke 23, and so he dies. And and here's the beauty. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of uh, in Jesus Christ's death. See, there's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, right? So we, how many of us have got a a pretty bad rap sheet of record in our past, right? How many of y'all done some stupid things, right? Just 
All right, the rest of y'all, liars. Okay, anyway, so, but <laughs> done, some, done some stupid things in life, man, right? And it was just mercy that you didn't end up where you could have ended up, right? But grace, grace is what you get that you could never deserve, right? And so Jesus dies for us, and what he does is he, uh, as he dies for us, he makes it possible to where when we die, we don't have to go to hell. And that's a beautiful thing, Right? And then we go to John 19, Jesus is buried. So then Jesus is buried. And this is kind of where I want to hang out for a second. Because I don't think when we read the Bible, we really understand the gravity of what happened on that second day. You see, Jesus is crucified and we celebrated on Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus, right, where he died. And then today we're celebrating his resurrection but I had to take a step back and think about what I wonder what the disciples and his friends felt like on that Saturday, if you will. Because I can imagine that they were confused, tired, angry, and frustrated. Because they had been told that he was the Messiah, he was going to lead them, he was going to save them, and now he's dead. Now, I, I believe this is probably where, where most of us spend most of our life. How many of you have ever been confused? How many of you have ever been tired? How many of you have ever been angry? How many of y'all just raising your hand from now on? Just, you know what, just <laughs> keep going. That's me, right? Ever been frustrated, right? How many of you have ever felt all of those things towards the Lord? Just be honest with yourself for a second, right? Like, God, if you're up there, I don't even know how I really feel about maybe maybe you're going through something right and, and you're like God if you really loved me you wouldn't let me go through this right if you were really for me like pastor says you are I wouldn't be going through this like I don't I don't feel that love right now I don't feel right because we become frustrated tired angry confused and I believe that right there is where the disciples probably were in no man's land right but the beauty is found in Luke 24 because Jesus didn't just die, but he raised himself from the dead. And the difference between mercy and grace is this, that mercy comes into our life. And Jesus could have just given us mercy when he died for our sins. And then we would not have to experience hell if we put our faith in him. But then he chose to resurrect himself, which means he defeated death on our behalf, which means now there's an opportunity for grace. And grace is receiving what you could never deserve. And not about you guys, I could never deserve heaven. I could never deserve to spend an eternity with God. I could never deserve to spend every second after I'm dead with the Jesus who died for myself. I could never deserve that, but with grace, he gave it to us anyways. How amazing of a story is it to hear of someone that loved us, me and you, not in light, not to diminish any of what we've done in our life, but to look at every area of your life and my life and say, I want to pay for that sin that you have. Man, what a story, right? I can imagine the disciples being a little frustrated, a little carried away, right? I can even imagine Peter angry, right? Jacking everything up. How many of y'all are jacked up? Just jacked up life. Just How many of y'all jacked, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm jacked. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now look back at him and say, up. Oh, okay, I'm jacked up. I really am. I got all kinds of madness going on, right? Why? Because there's things in our life that continue 
to plague us, right? Anybody got, wish you ha- could deal with some of the people in your life differently than how you deal with them now? How many of y'all got some people you'd like to just, mm, mm, right? You just ain't there yet. Jesus ain't done dealing with you yet. Nobody? Just, okay, just me? How many of y'all got, Jesus is still doing a work on the inside of you, right? You ain't quite there yet? Okay, good, good. That's why I like to keep some friends around me that are just barely saved. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Someone does me wrong. I'm like, hey, listen, you can find them at the Waffle House on 29. Just shoot, roll by there right quick. They're in the white truck. Handle my business. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just totally kidding. But in all reality, guys, right, what happens? It's just like we said earlier. You see, he showed his love for us. He showed us his love when he died for us, but he showed us he's Lord when he resurrected. You see, dying for us was amazing, but it wasn't the miracle. Resurrecting his own body so that we could be resurrected from death and our sin to life and righteousness through him, that is the miracle. And that's what we celebrate today. So I can see the disciples screaming, say something. And how many of you in your life have ever been in a place where you were just like, God, I'm going to need you to say something. Like what I'm going through right here, I need you to say something. This person I'm married to is buck wild and crazy, and I need you to say something. (laughs) These kids, I'm going to need you to say and do and relieve something, because I'm just just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, DHS outside, I'm just going to go. So they're going to come get you. Anyway, so no, the reality is is we've all been in that position for where we wanted people to say something, where we wanted the Lord to say something. Have you ever been in that place where you were just like, you were so troubled that you wanted, God, show me what I'm going. Like, show me where the end of this even is. I'm even okay going through it. If I just knew if it was going to end maybe next month, next year, this decade, right? Because the reality is God's love for us and Jesus' payment on the cross for us does not necessarily mean that things won't come our way. It means that we have someone on our side that's greater than anything we come across, And the beauty of Jesus at the cross is that he died for us so that we can put our faith in someone who's not bothered by the storms of life. Matter of fact, we have three different people, um, three different stories as we put together a little video for you today about what happens when you put your faith and you say something to Jesus. Go ahead and roll that for us, guys. Say something, I'm giving up on you I'll be the one if you want me to Anywhere I would have followed you
And so we have all found ourselves in similar situations, right, where we're just doing say something. And what's cool about those three stories is we actually called them uh, as we were sitting down with our creative team. We called three people because we just needed three actors. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, can y'all just come and sit in this weird hospital room? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they said yes. What was crazy is actually as we started filming this, we found out that every single one of them, their real story was what we were asking them to act out. And so uh, Rich and Christy, who are with us in the 9 o'clock service, um, are, have gone through that. Relationship broken, Jesus bringing it back together, right? Erica, my girl, she's in here somewhere. There she is right over here. Uh, cancer healed in Jesus' name. Come on. And my main man, Chris, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, we're actually going to watch his story, powerful story about what happens when God steps into our world and how he can move things around. The beauty is, and we want to go ahead and give these to you, right, is that when God calls our name, right, when we say, say something, we've all been in that place where we wanted God to say something, he does three things. We want to give those to you. Number one, we want you to know that when he calls your name, you are rescued. You are rescued. And I'm here to tell you today, when Jesus calls your name, when he comes on the scene for you, when he steps into your world, he is there to rescue you from the place that you couldn't rescue yourself from. I don't know about you, but I had tried a lot of things in my life to try to get better. I tried a lot of things to try to rescue myself. And it wasn't until I found myself in complete surrender that I found myself completely satisfied. Saying, God, you know what? I'm giving you everything. And I was in a place where I needed to be rescued. And maybe you're in this room right now, and you know what? Your life doesn't belong to Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that there is nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can have on your behalf. There's nothing that you can put your forward in. There's nothing you, no decision you could make that can get you saved. The only thing that can save you from your eternity in hell is an eternity with Jesus. And it is faith and faith alone. The Bible says it's a free gift available to you. All you do is we put our faith in Jesus today. But how many of us needed to be rescued? And the answer is all of us needed to be rescued. Matthew 14, we're going to look at three different things that happened to a guy named Peter in the Bible. And so what's happening is Jesus sends his disciples out onto the water. Knowing there's a storm coming, he sends the disciples out onto the water anyways. Has anyone ever felt like that before? Jesus, you knew what was about to happen and you brought me here anyways. Right? You knew what was going to happen here. You knew that I was going to run into this, and yet you let me do it anyways. So Peter finds himself in the exact same spot, and he looks to him, and Jesus comes out walking on the water, and Peter looks at him and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And the beauty of who Jesus wants to be in your life today is you don't need someone that's going to get you out of your storms. You need someone that's going to help you walk on top of them. If you come to Jesus, if you put your faith in him, I'm not telling you that tomorrow everything becomes perfect. What I'm telling you is when things go wrong, you've got someone that can help you walk on the water and storms of your life. And we all need to be rescued. And even when the day comes that we become more consumed by the storm then we are consumed by Jesus and we start to sink and fall into the waves of life, he's there to reach out and catch us. 
And not about you, there's been some moments where the storms became bigger than I thought I could handle, but God is faithful to reach out and catch us. And today, I'm here to tell you that he's going to do that for you. Next, when God calls your name, you are redeemed. You are redeemed. You see, you may be in this room right now and you may may desperately need a rescue. You know you're lost. There's something in you telling you that there isn't hope for you. There's something telling you that you are so far from God and you need to be rescued. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is ready to do that. But you may be in this place today saying, listen, I, I knew Jesus once. I followed him before. But I, may, I feel like I may be far from him now. And I'm here to tell you, for you, you are ready to be. Jesus came for you to be redeemed. Redeemed, right? Matthew 26, 73 through 74, we see Peter in another situation. We see Peter, uh, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Now, let me give you a little bit of context here behind what's happening. Surely you are one of them. And so as Jesus went to Pilate and Pilate uh, was going to be judging him, and, but as he was going into this place of judgment, Anyone that was involved in Jesus' life, anyone that was with him, anyone that was part of all that, what happened is they would be judged too, or at least that was what they were afraid of. And so he kind of comes on the scene here and Peter's out there and a a little girl comes up to him and goes, hey, uh, you are with Jesus, right? And immediately he denies Jesus. And then that happens again. You're with Jesus, right? Denies Jesus. And on the third time, surely you are one of them. The crowd says, your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. You see, how many of us in our life once followed Jesus, but because of pain, because of circumstances, because of things that were out of our control? And even we can be honest in here today because maybe we're angry towards God. We've turned away from him. We don't claim to know him. We don't follow him. We know the truth of what he did for us. We even know how much we need him. But because of what we've gone through, we've chosen not to follow him. Maybe we even deny him. Can I tell you something today? He's here to redeem you. He's here to show you that his love is so wide that whatever you've gone through and wherever you've come from isn't bad enough or far enough that he can't reach you right where you're at and bring you back to where he wants you to be. There is no mountaintop that you can climb to that can get you into heaven, but there's a pathway given to you by the cross that can get you into heaven. Everything that Jesus has done, he's done it for you, and he's here to tell you that all you have to do is come to me. All you have to do is put your trust in me. All you have to do is put your faith in me and I'll carry you the rest of the way because God has this desire and Jesus giving his life is all for you I'm here to tell you today don't think that you have to struggle through whatever you're going through alone because Jesus is here for you to stop denying the reality of who he is and start giving your life to who he wants you to be lastly you are redefined you are redefined You see, for some of us, you may not even know who Jesus is right now. And all of us have been there at one point in time or another. And you need to be rescued. For some of you, you know who Jesus is, but you've been running from who he's been calling you to be. I'm here to tell you that he is ready for you to be redeemed. And for some of you, you even are walking with Jesus. You've given your life to him, 
but you are in a constant state of struggle, and I'm here to tell you, he wants to redefine you. Let's go to our last story of Peter, Matthew 16, 18, where he tells us this. <clears throat> what happens before Jesus starts talking to Peter here is Jesus actually comes to Peter and he says, who do men say that I am? And Peter responds, he says that some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus looks at Simon at the time and he says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus looks back at Peter and he says, you are blessed. And he says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. In other words, no man has convinced you of this reality, but God has shown you who he is. And it's only through that that you know who I am. And I'm here to tell some of you today that you may have had a religious experience. You may have walked in churches your whole life. You may have experienced, but God wants you to experience the revelation of who he is, not just have the knowledge of how he exists. God wants you to have this understanding of his sovereignty, his power, his control over the world, but also over your life. He wants you to understand that you're not here by accident and everything you've gone through doesn't disqualify you. All it does is qualify you for what he wants to do in your life. Your road to this point has not sidetracked God's plan. He hasn't had to come up with a plan B or plan C for your life. He still has every intention of executing plan A in your life because he saw where you would be and he saw where you are now. And every Thing that you've gone through up until this point, he wants to use it so that he can show other people that there's no such thing as disqualified in the kingdom of God. Everywhere you've come from is to get you to where God is taking you. Would we wish, would we rather have not gone through some of it? Uh, yeah. But is it something God wants to use to show people who are far from him how far we can go when God restores us back? You bet it is. Every part of your life is something powerful that God wants to use in your testimony. So Jesus looks at Simon and he says, because God has revealed this to you, I'm going to change your name to Peter. And on that, on Peter, on your life, I'm going to build my church because you're a rock. And when you get a revelation, when you get the reality of who God wants to be in your life, God can build amazing things on that. God can build amazing realities, amazing truths. He can impact your family because of what he does in your life. He can impact your workplace because of what he does in your life. He can impact your surroundings, your neighborhood, your block because of what he is doing in your life. Why? Because when Jesus went to the cross, it was to buy your eternity forever, but it's also to buy your purpose for tomorrow. And we don't have to wait until the day we take our last breath to step into the purpose that God called us to. All it takes is a yes. Just say, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to give it to you now. And so he tells you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I don't know about you guys, I have felt like sometimes the gates of hell were at my front door. I have felt like it was in my life. I have felt like the gates of hell were coming against me, but you want to know what? When I know who I am in God because of what Jesus did on the cross, I don't have to worry about it prevailing. Hear me today. I'm not saying storms won't come. I'm saying they don't have to sink your boat. When Jesus steps on our scene. 
So if you're far from him today, I'm here to tell you he's here to rescue you. If you have known him before, I'm here to tell you he's here to redeem you. And if you know him, but you don't know the reality of what he wants for you, he is here to re-identify and redefine you. And one young man experienced that in our church, and we want to show you his story right now. This is our brother Chris. Go ahead and roll it, guys. My name is Christopher Eccles, and I was addicted to pornography. Man, I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I am the youngest of three siblings. Um, I have a sister, I have an older brother. My dad died at the age of three, when I was three, so I grew up pretty much fatherless, but my mom was definitely a hardworking woman, and I really looked up to her, her and my grandmother especially. I was born and raised, all I could remember was Sunday, going to church, going to church, going to church. It got to the point where it was almost like a, a ritual, you know? It didn't start getting to what I knew what pornography was today until probably by the age 13. And to me, that started on very young, in my opinion. Um, it has been an ongoing struggle for 20 plus years. Um, just to give you an idea and extent of that addiction or that stronghold that I had, um, I can remember getting a tape from one of my friends I played football with. And I guess my mother found it and took it out the VCR. It was to the point that I was so conceived by or had to have it or, or had to view it that I went and confronted her. I was like, hey, mom, you know, I know this tape in here. I need this tape back. <laughs> it got to the point where it was multiple times a day, no matter, you know, where I was. If I had a free time, I was like, you know, I want to just take a glance or take a peek what is going to hurt. Um, and it got to the point, I was like, you know what? And then after the fact, it's like, when you think about what was done or, you know, what occurred, it's like, was it really worth it? I had a few conflicts, like one time with my wife, one time she called me, she called me a few times, which was kind of embarrassing. I was like, man, it's, it's just to the point that it wasn't fun or wasn't feeling as much as it was. And as people dabbling, as they may know, it seems to get deeper the more you go into it. It was to the point, I was like, you know what? Nah, this is getting too far, too out of control. I got, I can't do it. I gotta get somebody to help me. Jesus to help me, somebody, some accountability. Um, so I took the first step. It was many people I wanted to talk to about, but I never talked to anybody. I always hid this issue last year sometimes, October when I first came out and mentioned it to somebody that was to Pastor Brad and then talk to John about it. I can't express how excited I was the first time I, I got a chance to talk to you, John, um, about that issue. Um, and it was such a relief. Like, I was like, wow. I thought it was a relief when I talked to Brad the first time, but when I came to talk to you, find somebody, you know, similar traits or similar paths and knowing that I'm not the only one, which it makes you feel that you are. Like, maybe I'm the only one that's doing this. Maybe it's just me, but I am here to serve. And it's not all about me and my pleasures. Um, definitely here to serve others and help out, which find that passion of serving, which I enjoy doing. And it's been a great way to help me steer away from that addiction or away from that stronghold. Granted, yeah, there are urges sometimes. I get it, people get it, but it's having that accountability 
which TC has provided within small groups, within accountability partner, coming to talk to someone. Uh, definitely having that outlet through TC was very helpful on finding that path to keep walking and steering away from that addiction. Jesus said that he is there for us all the times. You know, he can break yokes, destroy bondages and everything. We just gotta put our faith in him and trust him to do his will. Um, finding that small group, finding that accountability partner, someone that may have been through it or someone who has that empathy for you that, you know, who may have a family member that went to the same struggle that you have to that can relate to you. Finding someone to trust into. Um, that's definitely, I would say, a plus. If you can get that and continue to focus on God's words, man, it's, it, I just believe any addiction can be broken. My name is Christopher Eccles, and I'm free. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We celebrate with my man Chris, serves on our creative team. And uh, man, such an amazing story. And we're here to tell you today that what Jesus wants for you is true freedom. To be, to be truly free as he has died for you to be in today, we're here to let you know that the only thing that is standing between us and where God wants us to be is our sin sometimes, but sometimes it's our shame. We don't have necessarily a problem acknowledging that there's areas of our life that are messed up. Sometimes it's the shame, that cloud that hovers over us that makes us feel like we couldn't possibly move from where we are. So we're just hanging on till we get to heaven. Can I tell you something today? That's not how God wants you to live. He's got purpose for you. He's got destiny for you. He's got something he wants to lock in you and he's ready to release every promise in your life that he has for you. So today, again, if you need to be rescued, he's here. If you need to be redeemed, he's here. If you need to be redefined, he's here. But let's go to God for a fresh start. Let's bow our heads today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're here to give us a new beginning. And we love you today. Folks, the beauty of the gospel is this, that when Jesus went to the cross, he gave his life. As he gave his life, he didn't just give it for you to have a better one, he gave you for you to have a new one. And as he paid the ultimate price for you, the reason you have access to heaven, the Bible says is that when he laid down his life, he paid the price for your and my sins that we couldn't pay for ourselves. And today, if you wanna be forgiven, Today, if you wanna be saved, the Bible says we repent of our sins. To repent isn't to apologize. To repent is to turn away from, never to go back. But then we put our faith in Jesus, which means that we acknowledge and we confess that when he died on the cross, he died to pay for my sins. And today, if you want access to Jesus, today, if you wanna be saved, repent, turn away from those things that are behind you. What are those areas of your life that God has probably already showed you don't need to be there? But then secondly, let's put our faith in him. And here's the good news. All it is, is faith. God says it's a free gift that you can't buy. You can't earn. He's just got it ready for you. And all you gotta do is say yes. So 
today, if that's you, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. But today, if you're ready to say, yes, Jesus, I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. I want a new life. I want to be rescued. I want to be redeemed. I want to be redefined. And I'm ready for God to do something with my life that I didn't know he wanted to, but I'm finding out today he's got bigger plans for me. And if that's you, and if you're ready to say yes right now, Jesus, give me a fresh start and a new beginning. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I'm ready to say yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Again, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you today. Are there more? Tons of hands have already gone up. I'm ready. Jesus, yes. God bless you. Are there anyone else? Yes, I'm ready to say yes. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, Pastor, and I'm ready for a brand new beginning in him. Are there more? Maybe you're watching us online today and you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a fresh start. I'm ready for a new beginning and I'm ready for Jesus to take over. If that's you today, if you raised your hand or if you didn't, but you're ready to say yes to Jesus and you're ready to give him your life, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. Now this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that you're saying yes to Jesus and putting your faith in him. That faith alone is what makes you saved. But we wanna confess with our mouth that Jesus is now Lord of our life. And so we're gonna pray a prayer together and I wanna invite you to repeat after me and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so that you're not praying it by yourself. So let's do that church prayer where our brothers and sisters say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I follow you. I give you my life. I wanna go after you forever until I see you face to face. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the very first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.